There is no refuge in anonymity in staring through the camera. It is a machine that takes pictures of the desperate artists behind it, as well as the compelling people in front. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio, and welcome to episode 168 for the end of September 2022. And yes, I'm alone today as a host. Uh, Ward is feeling under the weather, and so it is up to me to hold the show together. <laughs> I, if it wasn't for Ward, I wouldn't be able to do the show. No, that's, well, yes, I, 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 he's my co-host, uh, and I know he's listening, and I uh, hope you feel better by the time you listen to the show. And if not, uh, take care of yourself. Feel better. But uh, I'm sorry you're not here tonight because uh, I have a guest, my friend, and, uh, you know, he's a repeat guest. He's been on before, uh, my friend Gino, Gene, Gene Mealy. And uh, he's going to join me in a conversation uh, about photography. We don't have a specific topic, although uh, I'll, let the, I'll let the show speak for itself. So... Uh, here's me and Gene. Oh, and uh, please excuse some of the audio glitches we had. Uh, you know, technology is as it will be and do what it does when it does. But uh, uh, it won't be too, it's not too bad. Um, but uh, yeah, we had a little glitch, but forgive the glitches. And uh, let's get on with the conversation with Gino. <laughs> To this softly, all right. So, yeah, let's roll. Yeah. So, Gino, thank you for joining uh, joining me on the show tonight. It's a pleasure, Antonio. Yeah, and I'm sorry, uh, Ward isn't here, and I'm sure he is sorry too. And he is just under the weather tonight, and he really wanted to talk to you. Well, talk. I've been listening to you guys, and I really have been enjoying what he has to say, and I look forward to meeting him. Get get well soon, Ward. Yes, get well soon. He's listening to the show. I know this. Right. And you said, you know, you said this and I echo it too. He's got such a great voice. <laughs> he does have a great voice. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So anyway, thanks for thanks for coming again. And, um, you know, we had something to talk about. I'm going to table that with Ward. You know, we had a certain subject and uh, we're going to have you on again when he's better. And when we have time, and we're all together. But uh, I figured we're together now and you and me. We talk Here a lot. Here we are. Yeah. Yep. We usually do this over, well, we haven't done this over coffee in a long time, but we used to do that a lot, a lot when we were in Brooklyn together. Close well, by. I mean, for the listeners who don't know what our relationship is, I mean, Go ahead. Yeah. you're the, we used to work together many years ago as photo editors at the Image Bank, which was the largest stock photo agency in the world at the time. But you're also the guy who introduced me to Photoshop in 1994. And we've been really best friends for years and years and years. I mean, you stood up for me at my wedding. I stood up for you at your wedding. Um, but 94 was, was when I, when I showed you uh, Photoshop. Yeah. Photoshop 3.0. 3.0. Was that the yeah. first one with layers or was it 3.5? It was the first one with layers was and <laughs> you were, you were working on your, your uh, Macintosh 7166, which was like state of the art at the time. It was, it was. I remember how expensive that one was. Too. <laughs> it was 
but I mean, you've, you've changed my life in, in so many ways, uh, but particularly photographically by introducing me to Photoshop and teaching me to use the program the right way, right from the beginning. But you were talking about us having uh, coffee on Thursdays, but we had coffee every Thursday for years. Yeah. Yeah. And what we would do is what we're going to do tonight. Yeah. Which is just so, geek out and talk about photography. Geek out. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ward has this group called the, uh, what is it? Beer and cameras that he joined, you know, that he is part of, and he does, it sounds like the same kind of thing that we would do with coffee, but it's with a larger group and they do it at night in a bar with beer. Oh, so, that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I figured we could do the same thing, except we're indoors, uh, far away from each other and, uh, we don't have beers uh, and I just have a thing of water. So, oh, but you're making it sound terrible. Like this is, no, this is perfect. I'm this is perfect. really looking yeah. forward to this. And and I, I like to share our conversations. I mean, we've talked about, we find ourselves so many times in conversations and we keep saying, oh, we should have been recording this. So well, hopefully tonight will be worthy. <laughs> hopefully tonight will be worthy. So Gino recently moved, uh, relatively recently from New York to, can I say? I yeah, say? of course. Yeah, to New Mexico, to Santa Fe. And, and you did it sort of. You should tell us the route a little bit, but it was a little well, circuitous. It's, it's a long story. I'm going to tell you a yeah. very short version. I mean, the short version was that that my wife, Carol, and I decided that we were going to sell our place in Brooklyn and we were going to get a different place because we were living in a condo and it was kind of expensive. And we thought, oh, you know, maybe we could buy a, a house that has a rental unit downstairs as part of our retirement plan. Mm -hmm. um, and so, we, you know, we we're talking about cashing out on our house and and sort of leveraging that into something that would serve us better. And so we kept looking for years and then COVID came up and that turned it into years. And we couldn't really find any place, but we sold our place in Brooklyn with the intention of buying a place somewhere else in New York City, perhaps in Bay Ridge, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, while we were... Oh, right. I remember. I suddenly forgot about that. Right. You were looking in Bay Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, what we did was we sold our place so that we would have cash in hand to get another place. And in that moment, we couldn't find anything that we wanted in Brooklyn. So we decided since it was midwinter of 2021, mm -hmm. that we would just go on the road and go somewhere warm. So what we did was we headed for Florida, which was really kind of a great alternative to a New York winter. And we started just renting sort of Airbnbs and house sitting a little bit. And um, I'm so grateful to the people who who provided us with places to sit who are friends. Um, but long story short, we ended up on the road uh, for 10 months, eight different cities. Is 10 months altogether, really? Yeah. Wow. And okay. that's with three cats. Um, we were having a great time, though. And, and all the time we were keeping an eye on New York thinking, you know, we're looking for a place in New York. And we sort of looked all the places we were in, in the Atlantic coast of Florida, on the Gulf coast of Florida, and good luck to them. There's a storm bearing down on them right, right now yeah, that looks yeah. very serious. Um, and then we were in Mississippi for the summer on the Gulf coast, and then we visited some friends in Texas, our mutual friend Sean and Diana. Um, but my wife, Carol, had never been to New Mexico and we kept sort of moving further west. And so we decided to just rent a place for a few months last summer in Santa Fe, not 
thinking that we were doing anything except being on an extended vacation slash road trip. Mm-hmm. And long story short, we ended up buying a place in Santa Fe three weeks after we rolled into town. <laughs> and she had never even been here before. So really, somehow you gelled there. Right? Yeah. And yeah. it still feels great. We've been here more than a year now. And this is home. But I had been here many times to teach for the Santa Fe photographic workshops, to visit my aunt and uncle in Albuquerque, and just to photograph the landscape here in the Southwest. It's very flat there, right? In parts of it. I mean, there's, there's there's all, this is all mountains and valleys in Northern New Mexico. Um, Oh, right. Right. Yeah. The Valley that we're in the Rio Grande Valley is um, between the Sangre de Cristo mountains and the Jemez range. And we're really at the bottom Southern edge, the trailing edge of the Rockies. Um, So, the landscape here is desert landscape, but it's very different than Arizona, uh, very different than Colorado or Utah. Um, but the mountains are just so beautiful. For me, the mountains and the sky are the the attraction. Yes, the there, is a lot, there is a lot of sky there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and weather, um, I mean, I've only been to New Mexico twice, and both twice, maybe three times can't remember uh photo trips specifically yeah um with my friend uh big tony well didn't you and i go to the vla together no 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 me and me and big t okay got it yeah well we went there twice but but uh and i remember i I probably never said this i don't know if i said this on the show but i had an attack of agoraphobia in the middle of the vlas because the sky was so big well uh, Big T and I were were in the middle of it. We actually, this is the time uh, for those of you who don't know. The VLA is um, uh, uh, the very, very large, large very large array of um, radio telescopes in Socorro, New Mexico. So if you saw the movie Contact, that's where they filmed it. Giant, giant dishes, and they they array them so, um, at different distances to create a giant they're sort of combined railroad tracks. They're on, I, yeah, they're these I, railroad I forget tracks. how many antennas twenty-seven. There are, but it, there was 27 when I was there. I think they, they may have extended it, but there was nine on each um, spoke of a sort of a Y-shaped uh, Right, uh, and they can uh, and they can spread those out actually I think up to miles, like three miles, Yeah, which means you're basically creating a telescope that's three miles. That's huge. And, yeah. and it's a radio telescope. So my friend uh, um, uh, Tony Gliotta and I went there, and we were able to get into the facility – and we had a tour, a special, like, we just walked in, basically, and some guy yeah. gave us a tour. And anyway, I won't go into that, because I want to talk to you about it, but we but got the Southwest, to, yeah. Well, we got to sit in the center of the array, and because New Mexico's got this big sky, right, and off in the distance, there was some storm happening, which I could see the lightning, but I couldn't hear it, because it's so far away. It, it was really weird. And I grew up in New York and I'm used to, you know, closed in walls. And suddenly I had the sense of like, there's no place to hide. And so I went and I sat in the car because it was just too much sky and too That's much wild. emptiness. So yeah, I imagine you, you never had that problem because you went out, you go out there a lot. But um, anyway, that was my experience. I loved it there. I mean, it was, it was, it, it was, I didn't, it didn't dislike that. I mean, it was not a great experience sitting in the car, but, but uh 
it was an interesting it was if you interesting think story. hard about the desert i mean there's a reason that for example death valley is called death valley when i imagine people <laughs> in the 19th century um you Don't know go out there traveling by horse or donkey or wagon somehow through country as inhospitable as this it impresses me that's yeah. really that's serious business so um i wanted to actually as we were trying to figure out what to talk about in the show, I wanted to sort of um, talk to you about your transition as a photographer uh, or your, um, how do you say this? Like, well, first of all, in the 10 months that you were traveling, I'm guessing you didn't shoot a lot other than like just personal little shots because you're traveling all the time, right? Well, I mean, we were, we were in, in each place, for weeks or months. I mean, occasionally it was days, but, but for example, I, I felt really re-inspired by Southern Mississippi. I was in a little town called Pass Christian, which is just an hour East of New Orleans. And uh, I would not have thought that I would be so incredibly photographically inspired oh, really? by oh, that landscape. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, so but, you were photographing while you were traveling, right? But uh, I was, but I mean, yeah. some places are, are, speak to me more than others. Like, I don't yeah. think I made a lot of good pictures in Florida. Mm, okay. But now that you were, now that you've settled more or less and you're able to maybe focus on something a little stronger now, like I'm more subject oriented. Like For I, sure. But, yeah. So you you know to do this a little backstory is you often would travel to places you just said you've gone to new mexico before and you've been to uh, uh, many other places around the world shooting landscapes and stuff like that but you're always coming yeah. you're always coming back to new york so your home base was new york and so i'm wondering how it is for you now to have moved <laughs> to the place that you f went to travel to and photograph how is that affecting or is it affecting how you it see is. things because you don't have and the city to go back to now you're you're going back to a place where the landscapes looks like where you well where i live in a city but it's a city of ninety five thousand people right. and from my house <laughs> That's people can, are in my building by the way i can <laughs> see right exactly i can see the mountains and like mm -hmm. you know the clouds during monsoon season in the summer are just incredibly dramatic and like you said you can often see these these rainstorms these lightning storms um you know 20 30 40 miles off but they're a show. So the way it's affected me is, is in ways that you might expect and in some that you wouldn't. Uh, what I would have expected is that I would still love this landscape and I'd be really inspired by the relationship between the land and the mountains and the sky, um, mm -hmm. which is just incredible. Um, and there are other things here culturally that are absolutely visually compelling, like uh, I live not far from the city of Española, which is one of the seats of lowrider culture. So there are car hops and and festivals where um, the people are just the way that they um, wear their cultural identity in their tattoos and their mm -hmm. makeup and through their cars and their clothing is just visually stunning. But what I wasn't suspecting what i wasn't expecting is that once someplace becomes home you sort of stay home more 
I mean, if I, if I'm only here for a week or if I'm only somewhere for a week, I'm going to be out every minute. And now that I live here, it's like, well, you know, maybe right. I'll go for a drive today or maybe I'll have to just like do the laundry. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that was unexpected. What um, about, well, what about it? As you're saying that, I was thinking that the, um, the scenery starts to become commonplace, right? I mean, like, well, you I, know, the desert road is the desert road and you see it all the time as you drive down it because you're going to the store or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, you're just saying like when you come to visit a place, yes, you got to go. Yep. And photograph and, and go, oh, I'm going to go to this spot and shoot, and I'm going to go to that spot and shoot. But, I mean, you've got this thing now. It's like, I, you know, when I live in New York, how many times am I going to go photograph the Empire State Building? You know, as I've seen it 4,000 times, you know. So there's definitely some truth to that. And and I definitely yeah. noticed um, there was one point, like, uh, I don't know, maybe six months after I got here, that I was driving down Surios Road, which is sort of the main north-south road through the city of Santa Fe. Uh, if you keep going south, you're on Route 14, which is the Turquoise Trail, which is mm-hmm. a traditional sort of old road that goes down through all these really cool little New Mexican towns. And then if you take it out of town to the north, it becomes 25, which is like the main road to Taos and up to Colorado. Um, but if... You know, if I had driven down that road two years ago, I would have been gawking at the mountains that you right. can see from inside the city. And six months in, I realized that I was just paying attention to like, you know, driving and that <laughs> those mountains suddenly were not so um, jaw dropping every time I saw them, which was a little bit, I was a little disappointed in myself. Really? But yeah. that's, but that said, like, I keep finding new spots and new places. And when I get out of town intentionally, or when I go anywhere sort of looking for photographs, they arise and they're everywhere. So, um, you know, what I said before was that the relationship between the, the clouds and the sky and the mountains and the landforms, the, the mesas and the silhouette outlines of the mountains and just this sort of endless sea of sage and, uh, um, and pinyon pine tree, the little scrubby pines is it has not lost its charm. Mm. It's really amazing. So I'm making a lot of new photographs and hopefully you'll post a few in the show notes um, but I'm making a lot of new New Mexico photographs and sort of looking back at some of the the work that I shot here previously and revisiting that and reprocessing it and that and having a really, really good time with all are that. You, are you um, starting any projects specifically or are you just going around sort of trying to find something and then see what sort of pops up for you? Well, I'm a great believer in the pattern recognition. I mean... I know some people who are very intentional about their projects. They decide on an idea and then they pursue that idea. Um, What I've always done and what I find fun and satisfying is to make photographs and to be pretty open-minded about it. Um, You know, pictures of landscapes, pictures of people, pictures that I might shoot, you know, in a museum uh, because you know, we've got the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum here and the New Mexico Museum of Art, which has some really spectacular mm-hmm. stuff. But I shoot and I play with the pictures and I process them. 
And I'm really interested to see what patterns emerge. You know, it's almost like I shoot so that the photographs can tell me what I'm interested in. And then later I could play a game of concentration and maybe put <laughs> a bunch of pictures together and then call it a theme and write something about it and mm -hmm. maybe exhibit it or publish it. Um, I'll show you just a few here, well, Antonio. Just so the um, audience knows, we're 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 doing a Zoom, and he's showing me his Lightroom catalog. And I know that doesn't help for a podcast, but we'll we'll put we'll post some of the pictures in the in the show notes. So I but just it's, I it just is helping me to to see what he's doing and and uh, for us to talk about it. So, so I just pulled half a dozen black and white images that I shot probably within the last four or five months, and a lot of them just have sort of a silhouette of a mountain at the bottom and really dramatic clouds on the top. But there are these endless variations on this mm -hmm. that I keep coming back to that I find really, really fascinating. Um, just the way that the earth meets the sky and the way the light always changes creates this, um, these musical variations on a theme that just keep going and going and going. And so-, so Go ahead, sorry. After you? I was going to say, are you finding um, that these are a different well, styles, not the right word. Are you approaching the subjects differently now that you live there than when you were visiting? I mean, is this, a, is this similar to stuff that you've shot when you've been there in the past? I kind um, of find that there's a thread that runs through what I'm interested in that's yeah. almost lifelong. I mean, in a way, I'm making the same pictures I was making when I was 18 years old. Hopefully, they're better, mm -hmm. um, uh, stronger. But what I'm drawn to is kind of what I'm drawn to. And, and I've been looking for words to describe it. Um, part of it is this idea of, of um, each photograph almost being a musical note. And I'm trying to sort of assemble the notes mm -hmm. into a, a song. And another part of it is um, something you pointed out years ago when we shared a studio on West 14th Street in Manhattan in the Meatpacking District before the Meatpacking District was this famous, <laughs> crazy right, yeah. place. Um, but, you know, I had started talking about my work in very technical terms, mm -hmm. and you just didn't want to hear it. You were like, yeah, that's nonsense. Tell me what you're really interested in. And I started spewing some other nonsense and you said, oh, you're interested in stuff that's bigger than you. And I think that's right, the theme. Right. Yeah. Like I've always been interested in stuff that's bigger than me. And when I think of the mountains and the sky. And we um, don't, and we're not necessarily talking about literally bigger, right? Yeah. There's a, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's both literally and metaphorically and bigger, yeah. but yeah. most importantly, metaphorically. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, the things that remind us that we are part of a much bigger universe and perhaps even parallel worlds. Yeah. It, it, I'm not sure if we did an episode about that. We might've, but it also tied that in with the, your, your photography is not about you. Like, oh, that's, I like you know, that. In addition, you know, it's it, in addition to, you know, photography being bigger than you, it's not about you. Like in a sense, you have some sort of responsibility to, to, 
to record what you're doing, and the pictures are not about you. It, you're you're doing it for some greater good. I don't know if I can't remember the, the gist of it, but wow. Well, I mean, maybe I, I think they are about us. I mean, there's a well, there's yeah, a, maybe not only about you. I should say, you know, wasn't going to make a. There's a great quote that um, the camera is always squarely pointed at the desperate artist behind the lens. Like every every picture is a self-portrait, so it is about us. But mm -hmm. I like to think that the good pictures are about the bigger us, you know, on a soul level as opposed to an ego personality level, you know, that we have these shallow selves that we all know really well. And then we have a bigger self and we're all part of this bigger self. And I hope the pictures are more a reflection of the bigger self. The landscape here, I mean, just being out in the desert, um, I think helps me get in touch with that. I really love that same feeling that you momentarily found so um, challenging. Mm. You know, that feeling of just, being under the open sky and for a kid from brooklyn it's like <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a lot more sky than i grew up with well you just brought up a few pictures of uh what looks like the milky way over uh landscapes um uh, mountainscapes and stuff uh, yeah and you know yes obviously in the city we're not seeing anything ever like that and and there it is for you in your backyard and just you know at a whim you can take your camera out, go to some spot and, and set it up some time exposure. And you're, you know, you're getting the universe in your, um, in your field of view, uh, which is actually, you know, to, to geek out on a second with digital cameras, it's so cool to be able to do this because it's incredible. I mean, cause I you can see the results pretty much right away. Right. I yeah. think for me, I might even think about getting like a tracking device, but but you're right. This stuff is now within striking distance for me. I mean, I mean, what we're, what I'm showing you, and I wouldn't show everyone, is a series of variations on how I processed a particular picture. So some are like very stark black and white silhouettes. Others are full color. Others are sort of semi-monochromatic. And um, I'm just playing with how I want this to go. But my daughter, Callie, just arrived from the East coast and she drove all the way to Colorado by herself. Mm. And I decided it would be really fun for me to go up to Colorado and then drive that last leg with her. Um, so she and I, she's 31 years old. So she and I could get a little road trip together. And we did that. And the picture that you're looking at, uh, these mountains and this sky were in Southern Colorado. And we just stopped by the side of the road one night and it was unbelievable how clear the stars were to your naked eye. Now, mm. you're talking about how easy it is now with a DSLR and a wide angle lens to do like a 3200 ISO wide open 10 or 15 second exposure of the sky right? and get stars in a way that you, know, you would have had to dedicate half your life to with film. Um, but there are people who are so serious about this. Like my friend, Bob Fugate, who lives in Albuquerque, he he's doing like NASA quality photographs of distant galaxies from his driveway. Right. Well, I'll introduce him to my cousin, <laughs> Neil, who yep. um, is doing the exact same thing in, in, in his setup. I mean, maybe we could actually have those guys on the show. Should talk oh, about that would be great, actually. actually. I would love I would love for you to meet Bob. 
Yeah. Um, all right. I'll put that on my. Uh, I'll put that on my to do list. So my has... my sort of landscapes that include stars. I wouldn't call this astrophotography. I would call this like me messing around. Well, yeah. It's it. You're you're using it as an um, the the stars as a and it's part of the landscape. It's essentially a landscape. Yeah. Picture. And it's I've been working. The of the... I've been working on a series. It's it's sort of. Um, it's just getting started. But part of the pattern recognition was, oh, you know, like I just did a bunch of pictures that are sort of similar that have, you know, like landscape and the stars and there are these nightscapes. And I was talking with, uh, with my friend Nirmal and he said something about like evening prayers. And I was like, that's it. That's my title. Mm. So I'm working on this series of evening prayers. Uh before we go further, you just, you mentioned pattern recognition. You said that before, and and what I'm getting from that is, or maybe you can explain it a little bit better. But you seem to reflect a lot on the pictures you've already taken, uh, and they're going to affect how what you're taking in the future, or you're looking at what you take now. Right. Can you what just I talk what about I start... that a little bit. You know. Sure. Um, I mean, you know, for example, what I did recently, there was a a client, a friend, and a photo collector um, who is from New York and through the magic of Facebook, you know, which is not always a good thing, but occasionally it's, it's incredible. Um, I realized that she was here in Santa Fe. And, and so I texted her and said, Oh, are you visiting? And she told me she bought a house. Mm -hmm. So she's got a place here about 15 minutes North and she wanted a large commanding, photograph for her wall uh, we ended up making her a 40 by 40 inch print um, which wow. i'll talk about later i mean it's mm -hmm. really really fun to do that um, but i pulled together a collection of photographs that were everything i had shot in new mexico over the last you know god knows how many years because she wanted local subject matter and so there was a wide range of of what was in that collection but if you sort of narrow down what you've shot over the years and then look at it as a big group, you could see which ones want to go together. You mm -hmm. could see that there are like different themes and threads that run through it. I mean, with your work, Antonio, um, I noticed that you haven't been posting any sort of street photography recently, at least that I've seen. And you've been you've been photographing with your your new long lens, you know, the planes and the moon, yeah, and the sunsets yeah. and that kind yeah. of stuff yeah. from your balcony. But um, there's a really strong pattern to your street photographs. I mean, it's like those go together, and you look at them. And there was a time when there was only a handful of those, and those were sort of mixed in with all the rest of your work, and they kind of rose to the top and you were like, Oh, I really like this. I'm going to do more of this. And then you started really doing more of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and it's funny because I don't off, frankly, to, to be honest, I don't often go back and look at my work and Ward has talked about this uh, as well. And then you're talking about it. And it's one well, of the concepts about going back and reflecting upon my own stuff. And, and uh, I mean, I'm, uh, it's, I want to say it's alien to me and I don't know why I don't do that because, you know, looking at what you're doing and, and how much you can even get from your 
like your back history of, of photography, what you can well, get from yourself, you know? I I know that you have you have like half a million pictures in your Lightroom library, right? Oh no. <laughs> oh you you make me laugh. Ha ha ha. No, I just <laughs> I just passed uh in fact that's why I couldn't load up Lightroom right now, but <laughs> You're a it would take too long. It's about and I haven't combined everything yet, but I'm at over nine hundred and fifty thousand at this point. So <laughs> Oh my god! It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a point of pride. It's just like the damn thing is so huge because you I, shoot a lot, man. I just, and I just don't, don't, don't generally. Um, well, I don't go back and you know I don't toss stuff out. You know, um, no, me either. But I've, I've got you know, I've got like a quarter million, which I still yeah. think is a lot. But, but my point is that you don't need to reflect on them. I mean, like, I think there's a difference between thinking about them and reflecting on them and just looking at them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking about just looking. So, you know, if I, if I pull up this collection, I was just talking about that I put together for this collector, mm -hmm. um, it'll take a minute for this to pop up. I mean, there's probably a hundred pictures in here. Forgive me for typing while I do this. All right, so I have a loose edit of like 150 pictures. And so that's not a huge number to look at, but oh, not as, really. yeah. as you can see, there are some patterns that emerge. And so um, I think it's just fun. It's not that I spend a lot of time looking at them. I, in this case, there was a very practical thing I needed to do, but um, I think there's a lot to be said for going back now with Ward, like I know that he not only goes back and looks at his photographs, but he recently like literally went back and took this trip into his past, into his youth. And he right. photographed his old house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that's a whole other thing. collection of work I'm, I'm sorry this is not recorded for video <laughs> i'll do right. that one time because it's nice to see your stuff well i'll show you a few but yeah you're you're you know when you when you say patterns do you think is that different uh hmm. yeah different than style yeah you know i think style and that's because interesting because you're showing me like pictures of people and landscapes and 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 when you said patterns, I started thinking. I wonder if that's style, but I don't think so. So I wonder if there's a distinction between those. No, I think it's. I think it's more like I just make pictures and then see which ones want to hang out together. Mm -hmm. But so many of the ones that I'm really drawn to now are sort of simple, classic black and white, with the mountains on the bottom and the clouds on the top. So you paused on one right now. I want to describe yeah. it. Uh, it's I'm it's a very compelling image to me. Very stark uh, hills on the bottom, black silhouette. Uh, it's a black and white picture. Uh, some clouds in the middle, and 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 the moon is partially obscured by some light clouds, and it's a gradating sky. And this is to me, um, pretty powerful image. Um. Thank you. I had almost forgotten it, about this picture. It's like I made it a a month ago or so, maybe six weeks. And this this is kind of the start of 
I'm looking for a name for this series of black and white pictures where the earth meets the sky, where the mountains meet the moon. I don't know what it is. I've been looking for words for a while, but I will definitely give you this one to but, post. Oh, absolutely. That's and, and the thing about this is that you chose to to obscure the moon partially, you know, whereas yeah. I can see that a photographer perhaps might wait, you know, until the moon is visible, you know, and, and you see it and you chose the, that's what I really like about it is it's partially obscured. Like it's, yeah. um, it's almost like the, there's the clouds are arms and the, and the, uh, the, the moon is hiding itself, you know, yeah. like trying to cover its face or something like that. Um, but I like that it's not what you might see as a typical image of uh, in a landscape where the moon, you know, goes, oh, well, I'm going to wait until the I'm clouds really glad you like this. Uh, yeah. the, the photographer, Jerry Yulesman, who was a big influence on me and who just passed this year, unfortunately, um, I went to a lecture of his and he said that his greatest goal was to astonish himself. Like mm. he wanted to surprise himself with his pictures. Now, yes, I don't know. Yes, if, yes, yes. I don't know if this picture astonishes me, but you know, when I came back to it while I was showing you work, it makes me really happy to look at this. Like I could hang this on the wall and be really happy to look at this for a long time. And I think that's a basic goal for me just to make pictures that make me feel happy. Um, and and you don't get astonished necessarily when you're photographing them. Right. I mean, right. maybe you do, but, but often it's, it's that time that it sort of percolates in the system and, and you come back to, I guess that's partly what I mean about reflecting or, or looking back at your pictures because yep. you were, as you were talking about my work and, um, I, where does it pop up? Uh, I'm trying to think of like where I see my old stuff. I might have like an old collection of pictures in in Lightroom, like a, in a in a in a catalog. Not a catalog. You should look at it. Album. Well, no, I'm saying as I, as I'm going through it, and I I pop through them and I look at them. I'm like, I took that picture. You know, I have that. Yeah. One, I have one of those moments. <laughs> of like, uh, okay. And sometimes, and I, I swear that now, a couple of times, I, I I remember I don't remember taking the picture. And I but know that there was a time for both of us when we remembered every picture we of had course. ever yeah, taken. Yeah, you'd be like, and oh, I remember that was all still those. pretty deep in, you know. But but I know we also have this little joke that's like, oh, that's a really nice picture. Who took that? Oh, I, I did. did. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. And you know, to, to to be when you said being astonished by your own pictures, that's I think I want to hang on to that a bit because um, it. Often doesn't happen for me on a regular basis, mainly yeah. because I, I I sort of keep feeding the system, and I don't sort of go back. And this I guess mean by reflecting, like going back and seeing my own work and being astonished by like, oh, I shot that. That's pretty good. Right, but but I, part I of the reason that. that it's part of the reason it's so powerful is because I know we both make pictures that we think are terrible, and so yeah, you know, it's I like mean, it's like part of the game, part of part of the the beauty of a lifetime in photography is, you know, when you go out shooting or even when you just go out on your balcony shooting, mm -hmm. it could be like the best thing you ever shot. Like the next one could be absolutely perfect. Um, and I think our percentages get better as we get older and more masterful, but um, you know, there's still a lot of like, how, how does that saying go? The, uh, like the world has enough, like almost good pictures. Mm -hmm. Like I, for me, the difference when I'm shooting is, is whether the picture is, is almost good or it's better than that. Like it's got something special. And so this idea of astonishing ourselves or making good pictures, it's only by, 
comparison to the ones that are right. almost good or right. downright right. horrible. Yeah. Oh. Well, this is so much fun. Uh, where did you shoot this? And I have a bias towards pictures of moons in New Mexico, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, the sky is this never-ending show. This was yeah. shot literally 10 minutes from my house. Um, I was... I was um, I knew that the moon was going to be rising full and I went to this, this place called Fort Marcy park. It's where the cross of the martyrs is. And it's basically just a high point inside the city of Santa Fe where you can look out over both sets of mountains. And I knew that would just be a nice place to go watch the sunset and the moon rise. And this is of course, like all of my pictures, Antonio highly interpreted. I mean, mm -hmm. if, if we looked at the raw file that this came from, the mountains were not silhouetted, you know, the sky was blue and not so dramatic. And I really brought out sort of the difference between the clouds and the sky and the mountains. We might've talked about this when you were first on the show a while back, but because uh, I think we talked about your technique and stuff like that. And we've had a lot of time for that to sort of, you know, when you say, uh, I'm, I'm saying I'm sort of, Sorry, I'm cutting myself off here, but um, I'm going to say, like, it doesn't matter, right? It it doesn't matter how you end up with the picture or what the original looked like or any of that stuff. It, it It's what I'm looking no. in front of me is that is directly from your mind or your being, your soul. And that's kind of what only counts. Well, it's a result of my process for sure. I mean, right. I mean, your process uh, is you too. I mean, right. The the tools I helped right. you with way back in 1994 helped you, or and is still working with you to to create your vision. If you didn't have and these I think, tools, you know, where would we be? But go ahead. I think that's what it's about, though. I mean, I mean, I I sometimes wonder whether I've spent all these years, all these decades. I think I've been photographing like 40 years now. Uh, you know. Uh, I, I sometimes wonder whether it wasn't just a way of tricking myself into learning to see better, that it's not about the photography. It's about the seeing. Mm -hmm. And what I want to see is the stuff that's bigger than us. Yeah. I yeah. always get the feeling that, that that stuff is hidden just beyond where I can see. And uh, that somehow by making photographs, maybe I could see a little glimpse behind the curtain, you know, beyond the veil. Um you know, into other worlds mm -hmm. that are right here somehow beside and inside and outside this one, which is why I'm a landscape guy. It's like places like, is that how you, is that how you um, identify yourself as a photographer? It's like, I'm a landscape guy. <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I'm a landscape guy. I'm a post-processing guy. I'm a, I don't know what else. Well, you're just showing some pictures, some portraits that you took since you moved there. I mean, that's that's uh, um, like there's a there's a guy with the, uh, a hat on. Um, oh man, that guy was such guy a with character. Tattoos. Yep, they all look like characters, you know. Um, and this is not what I usually see from you. Great images. Um, that colored uh, one is a little funky there on the bottom. Yep. Um, well, again, I can send these to you also, but, um, you know, there are times when I just find myself 
somewhere with a camera in my hand and people present themselves. And mm -hmm. I don't really show a lot of this work on my website because I don't really think of it as something that someone would hang on the wall. Um, but it's really fun. I mean, the, the first guy that you're talking about was uh, a lowrider who I photographed at a lowrider festival in Española and who um, is a really dramatic looking guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's wearing a, uh, a white sleeveless t-shirt and he's covered in tattoos, including on his head and his face. He's wearing gold chains. Uh, the reason he can have tattoos on his head is because he's completely bald and he probably weighed like 250 pounds, probably like six foot one, six foot two. Um, and he was just like this great looking guy. Um, so I, I asked if I could take his picture and, uh, it was a beautiful experience to stare eye to eye into someone who I normally probably wouldn't talk to just passing on the street. Like, there'd be no excuse to strike up a conversation with this mm. guy. And then, and then the old guy in the, the cowboy hat, um, I was taking a workshop uh, from the Santa Fe workshops up to the, the church in Chimayo which is this uh, pilgrimage site. It's a holy sanctuary. It's a supposedly miracles happen there. And, and if you take the dirt from the floor of the church, it, it's supposed to be healing. Hmm. Um, but I was there with a class and we were all sort of wandering around shooting. And this guy pulls up in a station wagon full of canvases and paints and easels in the back of the station wagon and he gets out and he starts talking to me and he's like 92 years old and this local painter and i swear to god as our conversation goes on he looks over at the student who's with me who's probably in her 60s or early 70s and he started trying to pick her up <laughs> it's like <laughs> this 92 year old guy it's like as far as he was concerned she was a younger woman mm-hmm but he was this total character and and you know one of the things that photography provides us with is this excuse this access mm, this reason yeah, to talk yeah. to people and then later after you have the photograph it's um it's a beautiful um gift that someone who has allowed themselves to be photographed gives you that you can stare at them like mm -hmm. I can look at this picture and stare at this guy all day, look right into his eyes. And culturally, we don't have permission to do that when we're in person. He probably doesn't even remember that I photographed him. Although right. I did Maybe. send a copy of this picture to him by email afterwards. Let me ask you, as you said that, um, the camera gives you an excuse to look at, you know, people you haven't seen talk to people. Yeah. Is it doing the same thing for landscapes? Is the well, camera giving you an excuse? I think it to, does. I think it gives me an excuse to get in the car and go somewhere. And sort why of should be limited to people, you know, I look mean, harder than I would have otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, like when Callie and I were driving from Colorado, um, you know, being able to stop by the side of the road. And make photographs, I think, is is a different experience than stopping by the side of the road and just stopping by the side of the road. Right. Because you'd be like, you know, there are on, on the road, there are those, you know, 
rest stops or view stops and you get off and you, this is the place to look. Oh, scenic overlooks. Scenic yes. overlooks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, people get out there and they look and they go, Oh, this is nice. But you know, that's where they'll stop and then they'll go on driving. And if you got a car full of cameras with you and, and you're, you're not going to just stop at the overlooks. You're going to go and find places and say, I'm here to take a picture. This is an excuse to stop, you know, to park the car on the side of the road, which you wouldn't often do. Right. You know, when you're normally driving and pull out the camera and, and start taking pictures. So yeah, the camera is an excuse to do all these certain things. And of course people pass by and like they see you with the camera, like, Oh, he's just taking pictures. You know, he's not a weirdo. He's just, and, and there's pictures. the other side of that, which is, you know, having the camera between you and the person or the landscape right. is, you know, it's turning it into a mediated experience. Maybe, maybe you could easily make the argument that it's taking you away from being actually present to what's happening. And I think sometimes that's true, but it's also true that it provides me with a reason to focus and really look at the world rather than sort of drifting off inside my head. Well, those two things are not mutually exclusive. You can have true. both happening, you know, at the same Very time. Very true. Yeah. Um, but it does give me a reason and it's been sort of a lifelong reason um, to <laughs> a reason to photograph, I guess. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it's not so much that it's an identity, but it's it's such a great activity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's so much fun to go out photographing. So now that these landscapes, you got another page of landscapes on, and that one with the lightning and the clouds is, uh -huh. um, I know you've got four stars underneath it. <laughs> I would add another star to it. That's that's a five-star one to me. Um. And I just, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I do this all the time. Uh, go back to the whole group of them for a second, because that's where I get my that's where I got my thought from. Um, so now that you live there, yeah, are you finding? Um, are you uh, are you finding that what you're shooting there is going to help you? For when you go to other places, like you've got this giant sort of playground of New Mexico in your backyard. Yeah. And I know you go to other places and travel. Well, I'm really, really looking forward to, I mean, I haven't really done many road trips here since we moved here. Mm -hmm. So I did this one little trip up to Colorado just the last couple of few days and even two days on the road was incredibly inspiring. But there are places within a day's drive of here, uh, some of which I've never visited, others I've visited, but it hasn't, I haven't been there in many years. There are so many places I want to go, like Shiprock, which is this incredible land formation in northwestern New Mexico. And I would love to go back to southern Colorado and the southeastern corner of Utah by Moab is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been photographed. Well, now all this stuff is within, you know, with easy, it's within a day's reach. drive. Yeah. 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 Or maybe a, you know, a couple of days, depending on how many times you stop. Um, well, before, you know, you lived in New York and you would go on a trip, how, you know, not every week or whatever like that. However, there'd be some period of time. But now it's like, you know, I'm going to say practice your skills. It's not the right word, but you can drive 20 minutes someplace, set up your camera and, now you're like you're taking you know, you're doing this all the time, you know? Well, the thing is, I'm not doing it 
You could be with any kind of structured regularity. I mean, I remember when we had our studio on 14th street, um, at the time we were both doing commercial work and I started like in a way this, this whole, this place where I am now started one day when I decided I was going to set aside Mondays to do quote unquote personal work. Mm-hmm. And that meant landscapes. And so, you know, one day a week, I would dedicate to the work that was really, really fun for me that didn't really have any commercial application. And now it's like, I don't do any commercial work. And this is, you know, a big percentage of what I do along with, with teaching. Um, so maybe a goal could be for me to schedule, like, I don't know, like at least a one day road trip once a month or something, Mm -hmm. um, Mm. rather than, leaving it to the day when it's like, Oh, I feel like doing it today. You're basically talking about like a, a, a trip that you can do in a day. So go someplace and come back. Right. Or so even just say like, yeah. you know, I'll dedicate, you know, a certain like two days a month. I will definitely just get out and shoot and get away from uh, the day-to-day responsibilities and sitting in front of the computer and, you know, working with clients and, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because more and more, I mean, this is what I want to do. Uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of teaching now. I've got a couple of workshops coming up for the Santa Fe photographic workshops. Um, because it, I felt so welcomed by Reed Callanan when I told him that I moved here. Um, and, you know, I've taught for him many times over the years, but I've got a class coming up uh, online through the Santa Fe workshops, October 24th. That's about how to talk and write about your work. And then in December, um, there's an in-person printing workshop at Mm. the Santa Fe Photographic Workshops. So the percentage of what I do, the percentage of teaching is high. And I'm trying to sort of do more shooting and more making art. And maybe that means a little bit less teaching. Mm. But I enjoy the teaching so much. It's really good. Well, and of course, you're 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 actually learning stuff as you go out and shoot that you can bring back, because I imagine you're in, in some sense you're always kind of learning something new. Once in a while, when you go out and shoot something, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't realize this." And, For sure, and, and you, always. And you pack that into the into into your being, and that comes out in your class because you always and and going out yeah. shooting with other people always is a fun thing to do. It's kind of magical. Yeah. I mean, my experience is always that you know, if I lead a group of 15 people out into the desert to go photographing, when we get back to the lab, I see these pictures and I invariably have to say like, wait, when did you shoot that? I didn't see that. And they were like standing right next to me. You know, I mean, everybody sees so differently and it's, it's kind of magical to go out shooting with a group and see how different people bring back such individualized pictures when they were standing in the same place at the same time. We've talked about this before. You you told me a story about how only once did you come back with more or less like the same picture. You said you and Romanelli, you and Mark Romanelli were photographing like the World Trade Center. And apparently you used like the same lens and made almost exactly the same frame, but that's so rare that people do that. 
Yeah. Actually, have you, um, besides students, have you found a, a photographic community there oh for people God. that go out and photograph with? You know, I've been going out shooting with a couple of new friends, uh, with my friend Yosef Sky Tornick, who is a great photographer here and, and makes his living selling prints um, on the weekends in the plaza from a tent. Um, <laughs> and, and I went out photographing with another guy, Bo Lipman recently, and he brought me to a really, really cool location that was just outside of um, one of the national parks nearby. But to go out photographing with a group of just photographers, just for the fun of it, sounds like a great idea. Like basically put together a photo walk in the desert yeah, for, yeah. Some of, for some of the pros who are here. And there are unbelievable photographers who live in santa fe i mean world world class um well santa fe's got another one you're you're there that's kind <laughs> of you to say um, did i tell you what happened to me like in well, my driveway the tell, other day? All, tell all of us you may have told me i don't remember but tell all of us please so so my house is not far from one of the main thoroughfares and it's not unusual for someone with a flat tire or a dead battery to end up sort of in front of my house because they want to pull off the main thoroughfare so i went to my car the other day in my driveway and i was gonna go run some errands and there was a car across the street and invariably i uh i see if people need help like, you know, do you want me to make a phone call for you? Do you need a drink of water? Do you need a ride down to the local auto parts store to get something? Because, you know, if I were stuck, I'd want somebody to help me. So there was this guy in front of my house in his car, and he was just kind of staring at my house. And when I went to open my gate to pull my car out to go run my errands, he said something to me, but it was a little noisy and I couldn't really hear it. But he seemed to be asking about my house. I was like, why is this guy sitting in a car asking me about my house? And I couldn't really hear him anyway. So I walked across the street and sort of, you know, leaned on the driver's side of his SUV. And he's this skinny little, you know, older guy who needs a shave. And his car was okay, but it wasn't, you know, incredible. And he's asking me all these questions like, are you the new people who bought this house? Do you know about the old guy who used to own it? And like, what do you do? And I'm like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you I'm a photographer so you can rob my house. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I still, I'm still kind of right. That's a New, York a New Yorker thing. that way. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so um, he's asking me these questions and he's being very direct and, and I'm sort of deciding how to answer him. And I, I realized that on the passenger side seat, of his car he's got like a light impressions 16 by 20 acid free box mm. so i was like are you a photographer and he says yeah so then it seemed a little safer so i said well <laughs> me too right and he's still sort of hitting me with these questions about like my house so i ask his name so what's your name stranger he says, like, he's just like in passing because he wants me to answer his questions. He's not interested in, in talking about this. He said, William Clift, like, do you know who William Clift is? William Clift is one of the most famous landscape photographers of the late 20th century. 
I mean, I saw a print of this guy's, uh, it was this big black and white print of factory butte at aperture, probably in the early nineties. And it was one of the pictures that really sort of hit me about mm -hmm. landscape. Wow. So my point is that this guy went from being some creepy guy to being William Clift to being like the super, super famous photographer. Well, like the, Imagine that if you didn't notice, I mean, only a photographer would notice a, a light impressions <laughs> box because if it was just some yeah. other person, they'd be like, they wouldn't have paid attention. They would have been thinking the same thing as you, especially if they're from New York thinking, what is this guy asking me these questions right. for? But you're like, oh, and no, but who knows what is light impressions still around? I don't know, but, but yeah, you funny. know, it could have been from Adorama or B&H. It was like one of these, like, but it was a print box. You knew that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. so the cognitive left turn that I had to do in between this guy being some guy who needs a shave and being one of, you know, my photographic influences was hilarious. And, and part of the point of the story is there are so many um, really world-class artists out here and photographers in particular, and they've been really, really welcoming to me in terms of um, me being the new guy in town. Uh, there's been quite a bit of, of socialization, like ASMP had a picnic last week and I met a bunch of new people. And there are some people I know from New York who moved out here, but there are a lot of photographers here. And, and William Clift made a point of telling me he doesn't really like photographers, but I know you and I have a lot of friends who are photographers and we like hanging out with photographers. Yeah, so, yeah. so so, the, the coda to the story is I got him to pull his car into my driveway and sit in my backyard for like an hour and just chat with me which was really, really fun. Wow. Now, now I'm looking wow. forward to going to his gallery, which is open on Saturdays and, and taking a look at some of his prints, which now sell for like 10 grand. Um, well, yeah. I'm gonna have to look him up. I'll, I'll try to, if, if he's got a website, I'll try to put it. Yep. He does. Sooner. Okay. Right. Yep. It's Clift with a T. Okay. Um, and of course, you know, this is part of what's new. And so, and so moving here, like, is is the same way photography is a a way to learning a way to learn to see better i think it was dorothea lang said the the camera is an instrument that teaches you to see without that instrument um i might be misattributing that it's, quote maybe we could look it up but, but that's actually a good uh it's uh right on the money more or less how the meaning is though yes yeah. And so, you know, I think moving to a new place is another way of just trying to see things differently. And I'm sure that'll come out in the photographs, but, you know, my stuff is still pretty classical in terms of the way I like to see the landscape. It's fun though, to look back at these because, um, you know, this is showing you is reminding me of, of what I've been doing and, uh, I'm glad it's not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it's not nothing either. So, you know, hey. but you, yeah. Well, I was got to say we're 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 just at time. I think. Okay. You know, I just realized we're 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 just hitting an hour, and uh, I want to I want to hold back some of the stuff for when we get bored. Well, that sounds great. The show, and, and, but uh, I don't want to cut you off. But no, no, no. What's funny is is that time sort of disappears when you're doing what you enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know, before we go, the one thing I want to say is even though you're still living in the same place, I know things are really, really different for you now. And I know you're seeing things differently and feeling things differently. And um, 
you know, you don't have to move in order to sort of move into the next thing and to see things differently. I hear that. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I've been really, really enjoying some of that long lens stuff. Uh, the planes in front of the moon in particular. Those are fun. When I get those, that's, that's always like a, you know, Oh, can I get it tonight? Yeah. Well, trying to just trying to, you know, you're talking about street photography. It's like, I'm, I might've reached my moment for that. So at least for the time being, uh, it's a big body of work. Even if you stop now, it's thousands of those pictures. It is. Yeah. And, and I don't know what the next body of work is, but, uh, and, uh, although like, as I'm looking at your stuff, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what it'd be like to go out and hang out with you and take a trip, Please, which I can, that would be which I can do. Let's do that. I can do that. So yeah, we'll put that on the, cause I haven't done landscape stuff. So it'd be interesting to see what, like to take a city boy and plop him in the middle of uh in a place where where it's just maybe not, what uh, you would find wouldn't be landscape who knows yeah i don't know that would be uh actually quite a challenge I'm, i i really like looking at your work so i could probably look at it all day thank you my friend yeah and uh i wish this was a visual medium so uh we'll we'll, we'll share some of these pictures i'll on, send on, you on a the, few yeah yep. on the show notes so that we can see but uh let's let's wrap it up and tell people where they can find you so we okay. can see more of this stuff. So and talk about your classes again. Just get those in the end here too as well. So the the easiest and best place with the most information would be on my website, which is myname.com. It's genemealy.com. That's J-E-A-N-M-I-E-L-E.com. Um so the workshops are listed there. There's not a lot of New Mexico pictures. I really need to sort of post more of that. But my mm -hmm. Instagram, which is also my name, at Gene, J-E-A-N, underscore, Mealy, M-I-E-L-E, -E, uh, has more of the recent stuff. Uh, the two workshops that are coming up are both for the Santa Fe Photographic Workshops. Um, one is an online class that starts soon, October 24th. Um, although I think it's, there might be one spot left, might be full, but it's about how to talk and write about your work. And we're going to talk about that later because Antonio has been a big influence on me in terms of that particular subject. And the other is an in-person inkjet printing workshop. It's about Lightroom and printing on Epson printers from Lightroom and how to prepare your files so that you get museum quality prints. And that's coming up December 2nd in, no, December 5th through 9th in person at the Santa Fe Photographic Workshops. So you can check the Santa Fe Workshops website. You can check genemealy.com. You can check at gene underscore mealy for the Instagram. And, uh, there are ways to contact me through all of those media if you want to get a hold of me directly. Yeah, awesome. I think that's about it. Great. Well, thanks for spending the yeah. night with me. <laughs> it's always, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Yeah. And I hope Ward recovers 100% and soon. And I look forward to a, a conversation between the three of us in the not-too-distant yeah. future. Especially talking about some of your classes and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I look forward to that. And Yes, Ward, feel better. I wish yeah. you were here tonight. Uh, Gene, thanks for... Uh, Gino, thanks for uh, 
thanks for hanging out with me tonight thanks for the geek out antonio yeah the geek out. <laughs> <laughs> all right man and uh i will say good night to you and good night to everybody else so take care of yourself you too all right <laughs>